Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Daily Sports Talk Show. No one has now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Happy September, everybody. Crazy to say that September is here. Happy Labor Day weekend as well. Bittersweet always when the uh, the summer's over. We're, I mean, it's like 95 degrees a day, so the summer's not quite over yet. But it is now officially into the fall months. September upon us. We have college football on the horizon as well. Week two of high school football begins tonight here in Missoula. Primetime matchup, Bozeman High School at Missoula Sentinel. That game's coming up at 7 p.m. right here on SWX Montana Television. We will have Levi Weshi, the head coach of the Bozeman Hawks, joining us here uh, on Nuanas now about 5.30. We're also going to talk all the way around the Big Sky Conference. Four Big Sky Conference games tonight. Montana, Montana State, they open up on Saturday the Grizz hosts Northwestern State, 1 p.m. kick from Washington Grizzly Stadium. And Montana State, they host McNeese State, 6 p.m. Gold Rush under the lights. It's still going to be seven, or 97 degrees the high uh, at 6 p.m. in Bozeman, Montana on Saturday. McNeese State coming from Lake Charles, Louisiana. And uh, Northwestern State coming from Nacogdoches. Uh, Nacogdoches, excuse me. I, I just made the mistake that I told everybody else not to make. Nacogdoches, Louisiana. So a couple teams from Louisiana. Uh, in Montana, we have the head coach of McNeese State here on Nuanas now, uh, Gary Goff, coming up here in just about 10 minutes. We're also going to talk remaining questions for uh, the rest of the Big Sky Conference, as well as Montana and Montana State uh, coming into this opening weekend. We have a Big Sky slate of games tonight. Western Oregon plays at Weber State. Portland State is at San Jose State. Cal Poly plays at Fresno State and Northern Arizona plays at Arizona State. So Big Sky Conference teams uh, officially in action. And we must not forget, we have the, uh, of course, weekly appearance of one of your favorites, Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. She's going to bring the heat. She's talking Venus Williams, Tom Brady. I mean, the usual subjects. And uh, a lot of fun this week with Carolyn. Uh, we'll also give you a little breakdown of what, what we've been doing. The, the hot yoga has been doing me good, and uh, Carolyn thinks it's so funny, but uh, and she loves teasing me about it, but a great appearance by her coming up about 5 o'clock as well. So there you go. That's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to check out uh, the station website. You want to stream the show, 1029ESPN.com. You want to follow us on the social medias. We've been doing a lot more Instagram stuff. Go follow us on the Insta, at 1029ESPN. Easy to find us. Also follow Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports on Instagram and Skyline Sports. 
We also uh, got Twitter handles at 1029 ESPN on Twitter or at Skyline Sports MT as well. And of course, you can always stream the show, watch the show live and or archived on the ESPN uh, Montana app. So go ahead and download that app. Great place to watch and listen to this show live and archived. It'd be a great way for you to follow along with Grizz Hockey as well. Grizz Hockey now less than a month away, September 30th, their first game. So we're into September now and uh, Grizz Hockey on the horizon as well. We have a jam-packed slate of those games for you. It's uh, one of the hottest tickets in town, especially when fall turns to winter. Uh, So we'll be proud to carry Grizz Hockey both home and away here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN Montana app. So um, go get that app in your life. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about McNeese State. I hadn't really thought about (laughs) McNeese State in a little while, but I remember thinking about McNeese State a lot uh, when I was a younger man. Uh, I guess when I was more like a teenager because McNeese State was, you know, there, there's always those teams that are at the top perennially in, in a given division. And it's been impressive because Montana has been in that top, you know, off the tip of your tongue, eight to 10 teams for pretty much the last 28, I'd say, years. I mean, you could even say back to 1989, so 33 years ago. Uh, but certainly since Dave Dickinson first became the starter in 1993, the Grizz have certainly been in the national conversation for the duration of that time. Obviously, 2012 through uh, 2018, probably the biggest dip during that time. I mean, 93 to 2009, pretty much peerless, unless you're comparing to North Dakota State. Uh, But Montana State has absolutely been in that conversation of the national elite for the last, I'd say, 15 years. They've been on the national playoff picture. I mean, they made the playoffs 11 times in the last 20 seasons. So uh, that you're in the national conversation then. But those early Mike Kramer years, like 2001 through 2005, uh, they were just getting into the playoffs. And now Montana State expected to be in the playoffs, expected to have top seeds in the playoffs. North Dakota State is absolutely the, the litmus test, the measuring stick right now uh, in the football championship subdivision. South Dakota State, because they've been chasing North Dakota State so hard, uh, they're right there as well. Um, You have to still consider Villanova, probably, Delaware. But for a long time, McNeese State was in the conversation. And almost all the rest of the schools that have faded from the conversation, whether that's uh, Youngstown State, they were never the same after Jim Trestle left Youngstown and went to Ohio State. Appalachian State, they just moved up. Georgia Southern, they just moved up. Um, trying to think of other blue – Sam Houston State recently just moved up. James Madison recently just moved up. So uh, it's interesting, though, McNeese State. Like, why why were they so good and what has happened uh, since then? Because they've sort of been in a perennial rebuild for uh, the better part of 15 years. But this was a program that was in the national playoffs consistently in the mid-1990s and early 2000s. Uh, they draw really, really well there. Uh, at McNeese State, they have great football tradition. I mean, they played for the FCS National Championship uh, a couple times. I'm pulling up their Wikipedia page here. So, I mean, 11 and 14 in the playoffs, that's a really good playoff record when you're talking about, I mean, it means you've been in the FCS playoffs 11 times at least. So, um, they have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 Southland Championships, the most recent actually in 2015, so that's seven years ago. And uh, they won Southland Championships in 06, 07, and 09. So maybe it, maybe when I just misstated 15 years, they've been kind of rebuilding. It's been more like seven or eight. But you look at this run, I mean, from 1991 through 2015, they won 10 Southland Conference Championships. They played for the Division A National Championship in 1997. They lost to Youngstown State. And in 2002, they lost to Western Kentucky, another one of those programs that was always in the top 10 uh, until they moved up. But, I mean, McNeese getting to the national championship game two times in the last uh, 25 years. I mean, that's one more than Montana State's been. Uh, so, I mean, they were they were always in the conversation. I think that there's different uh, theories as to why maybe they haven't been able to quite keep up. I think part of it is it's getting harder and harder to recruit to super rural towns. And you might be saying to yourself, Coulter, Missoula and Bozeman are rural towns, but they're not. They're in rural states, but they're very urbanized. There's a very urban way of living in Missoula and Bozeman compared to uh, a lot of the other. I mean, 
I have never been to Lake Charles, Louisiana. I have been to Natchitoches, Louisiana. I've been to Shreveport, Louisiana. I've also been to Huntsville, Texas. I've been to Nacogdoches, Texas. I've been to Jonesboro, Arkansas. These are, are, are southern towns that are in rural parts of states or in rural states themselves, but in very rural areas, and they are much more rural than a place like Missoula or Bozeman. So I think that's part of it. I think it's harder and harder to recruit to super rural areas. You might say, okay, how's Eastern Washington do it? Well, they're right by a huge metro uh, in Spokane. Weber State, same thing, right next to Salt Lake City. Um, North Dakota State, I mean, people forget. The, the Fargo metropolitan area has 350,000, 400,000 people. So that is significantly bigger uh, than, you know, Lake Charles, Louisiana, which uh, right now is population 84,000. So that's actually a little bigger than I thought it was going to be. But but what I'm saying is I think that that's only a small factor, though. I think that in that part of the country, in the South, I think that the recruiting has become such a – it's not even a science. It's a factory. It's a business is what it is. There's so many scouts and so many evaluators and the SEC and all the other conferences in that region have such unbelievable resources that they can scour it. And it's not, that's the one part where being in rural states like Idaho, Washington, and Montana, you're not having a bunch of other people coming into your territory. You're just fighting with each other for your good recruits. Whereas now, if there's any kid in, in Louisiana or Texas I mean, there's 11 FBS programs in Texas now. There's a whole bunch now new FCS programs as well. There's so many different ways you can go Division One out of Texas, and so that makes the talent spread around. I think that's what gives McNeese State and Northwestern State the opportunity to be good again. They both have been good in the past. I think that's a big part of it. I think that just the hope of winning uh, is a huge part of it. So that's all to say that I asked Brent Vegan about this. Montana State's head football coach as McNeese State gets set to come to Bozeman on Saturday. Uh, here's Vegan, just about what tradition means at a school, what the hope of winning can do for you and a program, uh, even if it's been a little while since you won. Well, I, that just, that, you know, what I would say to that, tradition doesn't just go away. And um, if you've had it over time at your, your institution, um, to light that fire, it, it doesn't necessarily take years i mean it, it just takes you know gaining a little momentum um and obviously they made the hire they did because of the success that he had had at valdosta and you know there's an expectation that this staff has to to win like they've been winning and and, and you know you you couple those two things together with a, a, a institution in a community that rallies around their team you have a coaching staff that ex- expects to win um you can catch fire pretty quickly. So that's that's where, you know, we're talking to our guys again about, you know, we got to live in the moment of where this team is right now. Don't look at maybe where they've been the last couple couple years or whatever record-wise. Um, you know, expect their best. Expect them to be energized. Um, expect them to, you know, be playing a, a different brand of football than maybe what we're looking at Um from a film perspective from, from the, this most recent season. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I see them as a, a program that can, can catch fire. And, and Coach Wilson what, didn't get fired. He, he left to go back to LSU. So this isn't a situation where um, they, were, they, were, they were building under Coach Wilson. It wasn't like um, they weren't going anywhere. And I know Coach Garza, Willie Mack, was, was, was part of that. So... You know, there's there's some factors that, that tell me um, from from experiences. You know, expect a, a different looking outfit, but this this thing was going in in the right direction uh, from our vantage point. There you go, Brent Vegan on McNeese State and their uh, longstanding tradition, even if it's been a, several years since they were uh, a highly competitive program. Uh, Nuana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I think one of the other things that's affected uh, FCS football. In the Southland Conference, part of it's because everybody's moving up. They want those FBS dollars. Uh, but I also think that there's such there, there's so many coaching jobs available at the Power Five schools. I mean, it, I think that the general public doesn't quite understand. Like the level of money is so obscene. You can have so many different a- analysts. I, I can't remember the exact specific number, 
But there was an article in Sports Illustrated, this was probably 2019, probably pre-pandemic, about this loophole in the NCAA rules about how you can have as many assistant strength coaches as you want now within your program. And those strength coaches, they, they can have contact with the players year-round. So what did Nick Saban do at Alabama? He hired a strength coach for each position group within his football team and an assistant strength coach. Who were the assistant strength coaches at Alabama? You're talking guys that were coordinators in the in the SEC before, guys that are coordinators in the Big 12, guys that have been head coaches at the FBS level. I mean, the, the, and so that's what I'm saying is there's so many more jobs for coaches to get, and so then it makes the coaching ranks diluted. That said, I think that McNeese State's head coach, Gary Goff, is a good one. He's had a lot of success. I think that if you have had great success at places that don't have a lot of resources – then you have an opportunity to have success if you have a place that has any resources at all. And McNeese State has decent resources. They have a great stadium. They have a great support system. And so uh, Goff, he was at Tiffin College uh, for quite some time. Then he gets to Valdosta State. And at Tiffin, uh, he actually wasn't very good. He was 38-50, and 50, but he went 9-2 and two his last year, and that was coming off of an 8-3 and three year. And so then he gets to Valdosta State, and that goes 10-1 and one and makes it to the Division II playoffs and then in 2021 wins the national championship at Valdosta State. So uh, certainly some success coming into McNeese State. And here's what I do know about this Cowboys team coming to Bozeman. They'll be athletic. They're, I would say, their 5-10 to 10 best or most talented players will be on par with Montana State's. Where both Northwestern State and McNeese State, at least in my prediction, will be uh, at, a, at kind of behind the eight ball is like players 11 through 50. My, I don't know. I'm not saying it's across the board, but like all of the players that aren't the headliners, the, the middle of the, of the team's talent, all of the best players are going to play for Montana and Montana State. There's going to have a significant advantage in depth. I caught up, though, with Gary Goff, the man who is leading McNeese State into Bozeman uh, on Saturday night. We always love to re-debut some of our favorite segments around here at Nuanas Now, and we're into it again across the sidelines where we highlight interviews with coaches and players from the oppositions for both Montana and Montana State. Saturday night, Bozeman, Montana. It's the annual Gold Rush game there on the Montana State campus. McNeese State playing in Bozeman. Gary Goff, the head coach of McNeese State, joins us here now on ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television Coach Goff, thanks for being here, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Very well. Uh, we got to start with what we start with with a lot of people because we live in a remote place in the world, and uh, I know Montana's become discovered and people are moving here now. Uh, it's not the same sleepy old towns like I grew up in, but a lot of times people have never been to Montana when they first make their trips for sports reasons. Have you yourself or anybody from your staff ever been to the Treasure State? We have not. We have not, and like you just said, we, we've heard great things about it. It's beautiful. My former defense coordinator, uh, his family lives out that way, and uh, so no, we we know we're excited about it. It's supposed to be just gorgeous. It certainly is, and you're going to one one of the most gorgeous places in Montana, in the Gallatin Valley, uh, visiting Bozeman there on the Montana State campus. Before we get into some of the the matchup stuff, though, uh, let's talk about you. Uh, first year there at McNeese State. Take us through uh, your, your your coaching journey, because I know you have some high school experience. You've been at various places around the country, whether it's southeastern Louisiana or New Mexico State, Princeton, and then the head coach at Tiffin, and then Valdosta State before taking over at McNeese. So uh, just take us through it. Mean, what, what has led you to McNeese? What do you like about this opportunity there leading the Cowboys? Yeah, you know, I was very fortunate. Uh, I got to play for Hal Mummy and Mike Leach and um, and had a great career as a player for them. And then I did not want to get into coaching. I wanted to go be a businessman like my father and um, had no desire to get into coaching. So I uh, spent about three years in the corporate world and, and realized I'd better do something I absolutely loved if I was going to work 80 to 90 hours a week. Um, so that, that kind of opened some doors, got me into high school coaching. And then, um, like, like most coaches, some opportunities presented themselves, got into college coach and then kind of have moved from almost every region in the country. Um, this is the eighth university I've, I've worked for, um, and all great experiences, but you know, um, I, I was at Valdosta state, obviously I, I was an alum there and, um, 
the historical program there. It's had a lot of success and could have been there for the, for the next 20, 25 years, finished my career out there and been extremely happy with it. But um, McNeese State, uh, Heath Troyer came, you know, came knocking on my door. And, um, you know, the, the president here was an all-American middle linebacker for McNeese State. And um, I don't know if I'll ever have another opportunity to play, to coach uh, under a president that actually was an all-American at that university. So that, that was very intriguing. But um, the direction of the administration here, uh, McNeese State has um, been a very, you know, historical program itself, uh, you know, and won a lot of football games that kind of um, you know, lost their way for several different reasons. And um, I'm, I'm a big believer in this administration staff and, and what we have going on here at McNeese State that, uh, they they want to be back in the same position Montana State's in, you know, playing for national championships, winning championships. And, um, you know, we we got a program here to, to rebuild, but it's very doable because of our location and because of our leadership on campus. Gary Goff joining us here on Nuanas Now. He's the head coach of McNeese State. They come to Bozeman to play Montana State on Saturday evening, the annual Gold, Gold Rush game there and on the MSU campus. And, Coach, I want to circle back to the Hal Mummy connection, but before we get there, what you just mentioned is such an interesting fold to me. I've been covering the Big Sky for 16 years, but I've been following it for 25-plus, and McNeese State was a a proud, proud program, one that was in the national playoffs frequently, if not annually, playing for national championships. Um, I I remember some matchups against the Montana schools where McNeese laid the wood to the Montana schools as well. Once upon a time, an athletic director told me it's not necessarily about winning, but the hope of winning. And it seems like there's a lot of tradition there at McNeese to build off of. So uh, how much does that influence you and and what's it going to take? I mean, there has been a lot of success there and there's a thirst for football there in in that town and in that state. So uh, what does it take to to get McNeese back rolling? Well, I mean, I I think... um... You know, it, it takes us establishing our values again. Um, you know, and we're going to have those values, and we're going to have standards, and, and hold ourselves and each other accountable to them. But um, you know, it, it's got to be the right fit. I know as coaches, always want the biggest, fastest, and strongest. Um, you know, players, but uh, it's more than that. You know, we, we got to have the right fit. We got to have um, you know high character young men here that are eager to do something special as a as a group, not just an individual. Um, and they're going to work extremely hard. I mean. In order for places to win championships, and um, you know, I think everybody kind of knows this, it's it's never a, a magical coach or, or you know just a magical place. It takes uh, coaches, administration, everybody on that campus pulling the same direction in order to win championships. And um, you know, again, you know, I, I know that not Montana State has that in place, and uh, you know, we're we're putting all those things in place here at McNeese State. When you talk about your coaching roots, uh, it's been so fascinating to me to study coaching trees and the way that that influences the spread of philosophies and ideas throughout all levels of football. But you look at Mike Leach, you look at Hal Mummy, those two guys are two of the the sort of pioneers of, of the air raid and, and the spread offense that has become in vogue. And it's always funny to me the way that college football evolves. You know, uh, as Montana State former head coach Jeff Choate used to say, sometimes it's just back to the future. <laughs> you get concepts from 20, 30 years ago that become <laughs> back uh, in favor and, and popular yep. again. But the the basic principles of, of throwing the ball all over the place and, and using it to recruit a very high level of athlete and getting a bunch of athletes on the field in space is one that's that's been very prevalent and very popular for 25-plus years. But just take us through it. I mean, what was it like learning under those guys? I mean, obviously the pirate Mike Leach is, is legendary, both for his press conferences and his offensive acumen. Hal Mummy, a guy that has coached many an elite quarterback and passing offenses. So how much of those guys influenced you? What was it like kind of learning from some of the creators uh, of the of the Air Raid offense? Yeah, no, it, it was it was a blast, you know, playing for both those guys. They they both are player coaches. Uh, they're 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 both unique. Uh, you know, some some might say they're both bizarre uh, because at the time you got to remember that um, nobody was really running uh, the spread type offense. And you know, basically our offense is uh, the roots of it are from Lavelle Edwards, BYU, and then Bill Walsh. You know how how we practice is really you know, everybody's doing it now, but it really originated from Bill Walsh. Um, so, you know, at the time when they're throwing, you know, a two yard pass and happy with it, only gaining four or five, uh, people thought it was crazy. A lot of, there could be a lot of risk at doing that, but, uh, it definitely influenced me. Um, it helped me, helped me become a college football player, to be honest, because, uh, you know, I, I'm not the biggest, fastest or strongest, but 
uh, you know, decent slot receiver just because of the spread style of play. Um, and I think that's what it's about it is um, leveling the playing field, spreading the guys out, and kind of taking what the defense gives you. Um, but, you know, both those guys uh, have been a big part of my career. Um, I still speak to them both on a regular basis. Um, and, and they both are, you know, kind of, um, you know, in, in some capacity, the, the front runners in this era of spread offense, which everybody really is doing now. So you're For right. Sure. There's going to be another back to the future happen when we're, we're going to see somebody under center, you know, in, in the wishbone here in, in right. a short period of time at some point. <laughs> Well, that's exactly right. It, it, it always is cyclical. That's what's so fun and fascinating about college football. Gary Goff joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television and the new ESPN Montana app. No matter how you're tuning in, thanks for being here. Gary is the head coach uh, for McNeese State. The Cowboys coming to Bozeman on Saturday evening to take on Montana State. And when it comes to that offense as well, last question on that fold, Coach. Uh, it seems like the, the primary recruiting territories or I guess the regional areas that are close to where you're at there in Louisiana really cater to uh, guys playing similar styles in, in high school as well. So do you see that? I mean, do you feel like it's sort of a linear transition for you when you're getting guys offensively out of a lot of the places you guys recruit? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, us being as close to Texas as well. I mean, you know, Texas, they, they – I think they play seven on seven, you know, uh, 12 months out of the year, which is a good thing in, in our style of offense for the quarterbacks, receivers, and, and even the defenses. Um, but, but absolutely, there, there's a lot of high schools in, in Louisiana and, and really the southeast that, that spread it out and throw it around a good bit. We'll talk about this matchup here on Saturday night then. The Bobcats coming off a run to the national championship game. They lose a ton of talent from that team. Yesterday, with NFL Cut Day coming down, they had four different guys make active rosters. So that's very indicative of how talented Montana State was a year ago. But they've been very good uh, the last handful of years and, quite honestly, the last 20 years. 11, 11 playoff appearances in the last two decades for Montana State. So what do you think of the task at hand you guys are facing here uh, in Bozeman, Montana on Saturday night? Well, I mean, you, you can tell right off the bat we're, we're playing a, um, a very talented and very well-coached team. They, they really are. Um, you know, you, yeah, you, your defensive end and a linebacker from a year ago, I mean, uh, two phenomenal football players. It, it took you one clip to see both those guys and how, and how hard they played. But, um, yeah, but the whole team's that way. They, they really are. I mean, they, they play extremely hard. Like I said, they're well-coached. Um, they've got a winner at quarterback in, in uh, Tommy there. And, um, you know, so – you know, they don't make many mistakes. So they're, they're talented, well-coached, don't make many mistakes. So, you know, that means that you know, you, you got to do the same. you got to go up there and kind of um, make sure you don't have mental mistakes and play extremely hard for four quarters. When it comes to your team and what you're putting on the field, what do you like about them? What do you hope the identity is? And how do you think that matches up with Mon- what Montana State does? Well, I mean, I, I, I like uh, what we've done in camp. Um, we, we've had a good camp. You know, we're uh, – basically still learning the new offensive and defensive schemes. Um, that's that's new to most of the team because we, we have 60-plus new guys in camp that weren't with us during spring practice. Um, you know, but I, I thought they've handled um, a lot of the game-type situations we put them through and some different uh, adversity we put them through in camp. And, um, you know, you got you to remember this. Our seniors here, um, they've been through a lot. They've been through COVID like everybody, but then back-to-back hurricanes. Uh, so our our, uh, our 17 seniors, most of them have been through all that. So they're just excited to get out there and compete at a high level and have a normal season. Um, you know, th- this was some of those these guys' uh, first true off season. You know, so it's just uh, bizarre what what this uh, program has endured. But um, they're anxious. They're anxious to get out there and compete. Um, I think, like everybody in the country right now, we're tired of practicing against each other. Um, so it, it's time to line up against an opponent and kind of see where you where you stand. Gary Goff, McNeese State. They play in Bozeman Saturday night, Gold Rush uh, against the Montana State Bobcats. And coach, last thing for you then: uh, playing a top five team in your opener uh, on the road, one of the best environments of all of football championship subdivision football under the lights, uh, sure to be a raucous crowd uh, on a regionally televised game. So, what do you think of just the exterior factors here, and how do you hope your team embraces this opportunity? Yeah, you know, we, we've talked about the the environment. I mean, it, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, we understand we're we're in, in enemy territory. Uh, you know, so we, we got to handle that. You know, we we got to embrace the the uh, atmosphere and um, understand that it's still just football, and uh, there's nothing different about it. They they still got to you know line up and execute and play hard, no matter what atmosphere you're playing in. But 
Um, you know, the, uh, last year, the, the, um, some of these guys that are still on the roster, they, they played at LSU. They played at big games before. Um, you know, so I, I think they're really focused on right now going out there and, and uh, playing extremely hard. I mean, we have spent a lot of time uh, obviously focusing on Montana State, but, um, you know, we, we've had to focus on the Cowboys quite a bit, and uh, that, that's a good thing. we got to worry about the style of play um, and going out there and executing. But we're excited about it. We really are. Like, like I mentioned, uh, Montana State's a, a great program. Uh, a lot of people have asked me, wow, you got a really tough first game. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And um, I'm excited about it. I mean, we, we want to be back in the same situation Montana State has their program in. And that, that's, again, you know, playing for championships and winning championships. Gary Goff, McNeese State, they play at Montana State Saturday night under the lights. Gold Rush Saturday there in Bozeman, Montana. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. We'll see you on Saturday. But in the meantime, travel safe and be good. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I don't know if you saw the hype video this morning. But uh, I'm not going to give my opinion on Journey because that would ruin a lot of anticipation. The good news is, though, Marcus Wilmot was wearing number 37. We'll talk Grizz football and Bobcat football and Big Sky Conference games. Hint, there's four of them tonight. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Did you know that not Garth Brooks, not George Strait, not Alan Jackson, not Trisha Yearwood or Shania Twain or the Dixie Chicks. The second best-selling country artist of all time behind the one and only Dolly Parton is Toby Keith. I learned that the other day. I'm on a Toby Keith kick. I always say this story, but if you heard it before, I don't care. It's not even a story. It's just a line. If I was to karaoke one song again, it would be that one. Should have been a cowboy by Toby Keith. Uh, maybe we all should have been Cowboys. What's up, everybody? Nuana's now ESPN Radio, uh, as well as SWX Montana Television. Appreciate you being here with us here on your Thursday. Uh, go check out Skyline Sports, skylinesportsmt.com. we got a bunch of fun content for you up there. i uh, got a feature story from Andrew Houghton all about uh, a ju- juxtaposition in the Big Sky Conference. Two coaches with entirely different levels of experience and entirely different levels of national fame entering their second seasons at their respective schools. That's Ed McCaffrey, a longtime NFL veteran, uh, who's now the head coach at Northern Colorado, entering his second season. And Bo Baldwin, who's one of the winningest coaches in the Big Sky Conference history, but largely anonymous on the national... I shouldn't say anonymous. He was the offensive coordinator at Cal for three years. But uh, certainly has nowhere near the, the prominence and fame of an Ed McCaffrey. But if you know about the Big Sky... Bo Baldwin is, I mean, arguably the greatest coach of the 21st century. I mean, it's Bo Baldwin and Bobby Houck. That's it for the last 20 years in the Big Sky Conference. So um, an interesting dichotomy with Baldwin entering his second year uh, at Cal Poly. And then Tom Stuber has a great uh, story about Brent Vegan at Montana State entering his second year as well. Uh, We also have a couple uh, new podcasts up there as well, so go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. Andrew, first of all, nice job on the Sports Center today. Thanks for doing that. Andrew's been doing a great job uh, contributing more and more content to us. Go check out his Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. Uh, That's coming up. You have a new one dropping soon, right? Tell people what's going on in uh, Soccer in Snow and Smoke this week. Yeah, dropping two, hopefully uh, one right after the show today as soon as I get time to 
organize it and lay it out and mix it down and get it all good to go. Uh, and one tomorrow, we're, we're doing one for a boys' high school state soccer preview, one for a girls' high school state soccer preview. So I've been talking to coaches at all levels of high school soccer across the state. So we'll have some previews for you uh, from Class A, from Class AA in the West, Class AA in the East. So look for those dropping. Again, hopefully one this afternoon and one tomorrow to get your weekend started. Very good. Thank you uh, so much to um, Canby Taphouse, Blackfoot Communications, and Zootown Sports Cards for their sponsorship of Soccer in Snow and Smoke. And tune in here on Nuwana's Now a couple, two, three times a month. Uh, we'll be playing excerpts from Soccer in Snow and Smoke uh, on the Footy 15. Uh, great job on the Sports Center. Appreciate you contributing on that element as well. I love those Sports Centers. I think we got to figure out some uh, some fun social media stuff so we can like distribute those to people uh, in real time right to their cell phones. We're going to figure that out, and, and you'll love them, I promise. It'll just be your little 90-second sports update for the day. I've never seen something that should be so uh, straightforward and such a non-conversation take up so much time, energy, and attention as what has happened in Missoula, Montana, about the jersey number 37 for the Montana Grizzlies. Since the Grizz opened fall camp the first week of August, instead of talking about an offensive line that needs to replace two all-conference tackles, instead of talking about uh, the upside of a sixth or seventh-year senior quarterback in Lucas Johnson, instead of talking about Marcus Knight's health, Instead of talking about Patrick O'Connell's Buck Buchanan candidacy, instead of talking about a nasty defense led by Robbie Houck, one of the captains, we've been talking about number 37. It's the only thing I've been talking about with people. Uh, I haven't really known what to say because we haven't really known what's going on. We, you know, You hear all sorts of things, all sorts of stuff, but here's what we do know to be true. That's just factual, non-speculatory, uh, what we've seen with our own eyes. The first day of fall camp at Montana, we asked Montana head coach Bobby Houck, what do you think of Marcus Wellnell receiving number 37? For those that haven't been following along, Jace Lewis proudly wore number 37 during the 2021 season. That was his one and only season wearing it. He got it from the late Jesse Sims. Jesse Sims wore it for two years. Uh, Jesse was a Stevensville product who then tragically died in an ATV accident uh, Memorial Day of 2020. And then Jace Lewis... I guess it would have been, is it Memorial of 2020 or 2021? I cannot, it, it was within the last year or two. And uh, Jace Lewis took the jersey over, and he wore it last year. And then in July, he gave it to Marcus Wellnell, and that was announced on Twitter and social media. But the first day of fall camp, uh, Montana head coach Bobby Houck, in his first media address uh, of the, the this 2022 season, uh, Sean Rainey of SWX Montana Television, one of our colleagues and partners here, uh, asked Bobby, what do you think about Marcus Wellnell wearing number 37? And Bobby Houck said, I quote, I am not equipped to answer that question at this moment. There's more consulting that needed to be done. We did a couple bits about this later on, and uh, my main take at that time was that there's no consulting that's involved in number 37. The tradition of the jersey, since it was first passed down from Craig Paulson to Tim Houck in 1986, was a player-to-player decision. The only real stipulation for the jersey is is that it's a Montanan who uh, represents the values and the grit, toughness, and independence of people from Montana. And it has, coincidence or not, traditionally and always gone to a defensive player, all 15 players to wear, I guess all 14 players to wear it prior to Marcus Wellnell were defensive guys. Craig Polson, ironically, an offensive guy, a fullback out of Plentywood. But he gives it to Tim Houck, then he gives it to Todd Erickson. Erickson gives it to Jason Krebo. Krebo gives it to Andy Pedick. Pedick gives it to C.J. Pitcher, who then gives it to Lauren Utterback, who gives it to Carson Bender. Bender gives it to Ryan Featherston. Uh, Featherston gives it to Jordan Tripp, who then gives it to Zach Wagaman. Then Tucker Shy, Jesse Sims, Jace Lewis, and Marcus Wellnell. Well, for whatever reason, Bobby Houck think, thought there needed to be consulting and then for whatever reason, Marcus Wellnell did not wear number 37 at any time during fall camp. Then on Wednesday, when Montana officially closed their practice for game week, uh, I heard from several sources that are good sources that Marcus Wellnell was wearing uh, 37 at practice uh, on Wednesday. We didn't report it because at this point, it's like, 
how much attention are we going to give to just this, whatever is going on with why the kid is or is not wearing the jersey? But Montana, he wore the jersey at practice on Wednesday. I got that from good sources. And then today, the Grizz dropped their hype video, and they dropped a bunch of other uh, social media posts. And Marcus Wellnell's wearing 37 again. It's been updated on the roster. And I can't believe that we've talked about something like this for so long. (laughs) And here we are. What did you think of this, Andrew? I mean, obviously, Montana does a good job with their social media. They dropped their high video this morning. I think everybody that cares about Grizz football probably watched that thing in the first, you know, hour it was out. I, I think they had like 10,000 views after it had been on the internet for an hour. So a lot of people interested in it. Uh, are we surprised that Well, that was in 37? Are we not surprised? Where are we at with all of this drama that's been going on about this jersey? Well, the story that would just never end because it was the... 37 jersey update every day when we got out to fall camp. That was one of the things that was getting reported. Is he wearing it today? Is he not? I'm not surprised he was. I really couldn't have fathomed any other way that this would have ended, right? As you said, I mean, there's no need for consulting. Right. There's no need for deliberation. There's no need for discussions. It's Chase Lewis's choice. That's right. That's right. And... I guess I agree with you. I'm not surprised because I thought it would have been, uh, I don't want to overstate this. I mean, I was going to say disaster. That's too dramatic. It it would have been a a disservice to the tradition of the number. It would have been an alteration. At the very least, objectively, it would have been an alteration of what the tradition has been since 1986. And uh, in my opinion, it would have been a disservice to what the tradition has been. Uh, there's been a lot of rumblings about how Bobby Houck, and he has expressed this before on the record, uh, wants the jersey to go back to uh, having a player that dons it for several years. Again, there's no written in stone rules. It's just a tradition. But for a long time, 37 was passed on to a guy who wore it for several years. Tim Houck wore it for several seasons. Todd Erickson wore it for several seasons. Krebo wore it for three seasons. I believe Andy Pedic wore it for three seasons. Uh, CCA Pitcher wore it for three or maybe even four seasons. Lauren Utterback definitely wore it for three or maybe four seasons. But it was after Carson Bender suffered multiple uh, knee injuries, including a, a cheap shot knee injury against Weber State that pretty much uh, completely altered in a in a uh, – tragic fashion the arc of his career he was never the same the kid from Deer Lodge he was a great athlete he's a a grade younger than I am but I remember playing hoops with him and football and uh, just a tremendous athlete and and that knee injury really messed him up Uh, but after Bender then the tradition sort of altered to being about the best player from Montana on the Grizz defense and that's exactly what I guess Featherston Featherston's a good player but but it, it was the Jordan Tripp, Zach Wagaman, Tucker Shy, Jesse Sims run, where it, it was only worn for a year or two. And uh, Bobby Houck has expressed he wanted to go back to younger players. So I agree with that. But at this point, it had already been out there. It had already been on social media. It had already been released to the world that Jace Lewis had given the jersey to Marcus Weldon. So if you want to alter the, the tradition, you want to go back to the old way, you do it. Next year. It's already been done. What's done is done. So I'm glad Marcus Weldon is going to wear the jersey. And you know what I'm glad more than anything, though? I'm glad we don't have to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's what we were trying to express to the people at Montana. Because we knew that Bobby Houck wasn't going to answer questions about 37. But we have to ask. I mean, some of us have bosses that want to know. I mean, we're journalists. So we have to ask what's going on because that's the only thing as reporters we get asked about. So that's our whole job is to be the conduit from the public. When I get asked by 100 people a day about 37, somebody at the press conference has got to ask. So I'm just glad we don't have to ask about it anymore. I'm glad we don't have to talk about it anymore. Marcus Weldo, we're at 37. It's a great choice. He's a wonderful kid. I've gotten to know him well. One of our great friends at this show, Nick Tabor, over there at Westpac Wealth. Uh, Marcus Weldo interned for him this summer. Marcus also interned at Stockman Bank, one of our great supporters here at Nuanas Now. And so I've gotten to know him in a professional capacity as well as as a player. Uh, he's about to get a double master's degree. He's an all-academic guy, uh, all-big sky academic selection, an all-big sky linebacker, former walk-on out of Helena Capital, quintessential 37. All right, case closed. Marcus Weldon's 37. That's a good thing. The Grizz didn't screw it up. We're rolling. Glad I don't have to talk about it anymore. We'll talk about tonight's slate of Big Sky Conference games right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now.
ESPN Radio. Unbelievable. Shenandoah, once upon a time, one of the biggest country groups uh, in the in, in the country. I mean, they were they were hits for days. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for being here with us uh, on your Thursday. Four football games involving Big Sky Conference teams this evening and uh, a full slate of games throughout the weekend. So here's what it looks like. Western Oregon is at Weber State. That game kicks at 6 p.m. Mountain Time from uh, Ogden, Stewart Stadium. Cal Poly plays at Fresno State. That one kicks at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. NAU is at Nor- uh, Arizona State, 7 p.m. kick. And Portland State's at San Jose State. That's an 8.30 Mountain Standard Time kick tonight. The rest of the games for the Big Sky on Saturday include Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State, at Sacramento State, McNeese State at Montana State, Tennessee State at Eastern Washington, Northwestern State at Montana, UC Davis at Cal, Houston Baptist at Northern Colorado, and Idaho at Washington State. So some of the fun stuff that happens during uh, non-conference time, some of the regional crossovers we get, even if they are money games. Cal Poly, Fresno State, those schools aren't that far apart. Um, I actually was learning when I was writing a biography on Jim Sweeney, the uh, former Montana State head coach, a Butte native who was Mr. Fresno State, led Fresno State for 20-plus years, the greatest coach in Fresno State history. I didn't realize Fresno State was as good of an uh, academic institution it was. I, I didn't have any really thought on what Fresno State's academics were like, but it is a very good academic school. I don't know if it's on par with Cal Poly. Cal Poly, one of the, the great uh, polytechnic and engineering schools in the country, and one of the lowest acceptance rates of any uh, quote-unquote public school. It's not quite public. It's hard to define what Cal Poly really is, but it's a phenomenally good uh, school there in San Luis Obispo. But that, that's just an interesting regional matchup. You also have Northern Arizona uh, at Arizona State. Uh, remember, NAU, they won at Arizona last year, 21-19. That was sort of the, the breakout performance of R.J. Martinez, who went on to win Freshman of the year in the Big Sky Conference. That was his first career start, and uh, what a win it was. That was the first time uh, NAU had beat Arizona since 1932. So Arizona State, a better program. Um, Herm Edwards has done a great job there. They have great talent. Where's uh, where's NAU at, though? I mean, I, I don't think that NAU needs to go into Tempe and win to prove anything. But I do think that NAU is one of, one of the teams that – First of all, has a lot to prove this year, but if they can get off to an even okay start, they have one of the toughest non-conferences in the Big Sky uh, and in the FCS. If they can get off to a good non-conference start, which by good I mean if they can just get a win in their first three games because they also play at Sam Houston and they host North Dakota. So three quality opponents for NAU. But they just need to get into this game and play clean. They don't have to win or anything. They just have to be sort of competitive. And more than anything, though, just play clean and don't get hurt and then take some confidence into those other two games. So it's an interesting game for NAU. And then Portland State-San Jose State, I have no idea. I have no beat on that whatsoever. Portland State remains a total mystery to me. They have some really good upperclassmen headliners, but other than that, I don't really know. Uh, Sac State has a brutal non-conference, but they should get a win over Utah Tech. Uh, Tennessee State in Easter, at Eastern Washington, that's a huge game for the Eagles because they play – Florida and Oregon before the rest of the non-conference is over. So they got to get one in Cheney. They are really, really good at home. Uh, Have to be one of the best win percentages of any school in the uh, Big Sky Conference when they're at home. Uh, They're on the red. But they got to get that one because they don't have a Nario victory coming up before October. Uh, In fact, they'll be dogs in in all of their games. Uh, UC Davis is at Cal, so that's certainly an interesting game. Uh, A regional, an in-state, and even, you know, an area game almost. And programs that are on different trajectories. I know Cal has a proud athletic history, and they obviously have unbelievable tradition in basketball. They used to have good tradition in football. But they fall on hard times, and a lot of that is just the cost of living in the, the Bay Area. A lot of it is a high priority on academics, which they should have. Cal Berkeley, certainly one of the great schools in the country. But their athletic department... 
Them and Washington State have been the two Pac-12 Power 5 schools that have had a hard time keeping up. They've been operating at a deficit. They've been really having a hard time get a huge getting a huge piece of this pie like almost everybody else in the FBS has uh, gotten. But it's an interesting matchup because UC Davis, although they've only been Division One for, I don't know, 15 years, and they've only been the big sky for 10, they have such a rich alumni base, they have such a huge endowment, they have such uh, academic prestige, and they're a UC school. So I, I think there's a lot of moving parts there, but I, and I don't think that Davis is going to go into Berkeley and win, but I do think that it, it could be sort of a statement just in terms of the status of their universities and more specifically the, the athletic departments within their universities, if that makes sense. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Uh, Houston Baptist at Northern Colorado, I'm not sure. That was a defensive slugfest a year ago. And then Idaho-Washington State, that's a, I mean, backyard rivalry. Those schools are eight minutes apart. I mean, I seriously think that Pullman and, and Moscow are uh, eight miles apart. So a 10-minute drive from the Gibby Dome to, to Martin Stadium maybe takes you 15 minutes, but they are right there. Uh, so another regional rivalry there, too. So that'll, that's what will make this uh, fun. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Before we take a break, Andrew, tell me again. I know you said it on the Sports Center. What are the lines for the Cats and the Grizz games? I just want to think about this. Carol and the Chicken doesn't know sports coming up, but we'll readdress these lines sometime during the second hour. I just want to think about them. What, what's the uh, the lines on the games? Grizz by 29.5. Wow. Cats by 17.5. I would have said the Cats were three-score favorites, so 17.5 is exactly right. And uh, I would have put the Grizz at, like, 24-point favorites. I said, wow, to 29-and-a-half. I do think the Grizz will thrash Northwestern State. I just think it's going to – I don't know. I mean, 29-and-a-half is a lot. I mean, you're, you're talking 41-10 to, to barely cover the spread. Yeah, that was my initial reaction, too. And that was just the initial line. I haven't checked since this morning, sure. so maybe that's moved a little bit. But I would have said, you know, even 27 wouldn't have been ridiculous, but 29-and-a-half is getting up there. I – don't bet on the Big Sky Conference. I've almost always bet on the NFL and uh, Major League Baseball. But if I was a betting man, <laughs> the Grizz and the under, that, that's a good bet from last year. This year, uh, the Grizz and uh, not covering the spread in that one. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we're going to get back to those lines here just a minute, though. That's just my uh, knee-jerk reaction. But we'll get back to those in hour number two. Hour one in the books. Uh, hour two, Nuanas now gets kicked off with the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. And we'll hear from Levi Weshi, the head coach of Bozeman High School, Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 